Welcome in. Side bet podcast. Everyone's in a really good mood, I sense, <laughs> for this one. Thursday, December 21st, uh, with handicapper Jonathan Kinchin, his better half, and Duke basketball enthusiast, Jovanina. Jovanina. Producer Terrence Thiege, I'm Lafitte Pinkai. Uh, yeah, guys, if last week was the Jesus episode, what are we going with this week, just days until Christmas? We'll see. We've got to let it unfold, Lafitte. you got to let it unfold. And the naming of the episodes is going to be content-driven. Just let it let it come to us. Just content-driven. I'm a little concerned. I'm sensing some, like, bah humbug on this one. I'm sensing a little moody. I can't quite put my my finger on it, but it's there, man. I can feel I'm going to be honest with you. It's not a bah humbug until we went to Saks on Fifth Avenue today, <laughs> and Jonathan was like, oh, I've waited this long to get you your Christmas gift and I showed it to you and you weren't that excited about it. So now I have no idea what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> I, okay. knew well, it was, I knew it was something. That's not exactly how it happened, okay? I like to get thoughtful, meaningful. I'm not trying to guess gifts. And so there was something that I knew that I was gonna get for her. And then I knew that we would be shopping around the city and that I could maybe kind of be like, oh, oh, that's cool. Look at that. And I could judge her reaction. And if she got really excited about it, then I knew I was barking up the right tree. However, if she was ice cold on it, that maybe I would be able to be inspired by something else to get her for Christmas. Well, we, 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 we came across this item. She was a little bit chilly. And I just told her it because then I got quiet because I was thinking. So then at lunch, I said, hey, I got quiet in the store because I, I got I am I having to pivot onto this Christmas idea. And I was thinking about it. And so, I mean, everything's going to work out just fine. So everyone can relax. Stick to the list, man. Stick to the list. Always safer. We don't we don't do lists over here. <laughs> Moving right along. And before we before we we look ahead to everything that's about to take place in week 16 of the NFL season, last week, like where we hit, where we missed, lucky versus unlucky. I'll say this, Jonathan and Terrence, among like several solid calls, uh, you both said the Jets and Pats were in big trouble. You were right. Dolphins, Chiefs, big favorites. Jonathan, both delivered. Yep. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 right. They did. They both played extremely well. Um, you know, I mean, look, I you, you'll hear it. You heard it before. You'll hear it again. I think the I think the Dolphins are really damn good. I think they're they're doing something pretty innovative. Uh, you give some teams an entire off season to kind of game plan against some of the things they're doing. There might be a different outcome come next year. However, this year. I really think that they've 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 uh, they've really kind of worked through a lot of things, and getting Tyreek back healthy this week should mean a lot. But yeah, we were right about those games. We were, you know, but um, you know, we're, we're wrong a lot too. But we we happen to nail those two. Kansas City, Terrence. Yeah, it's a win. Yes, they covered. But is this uh, was that the get right game? Are we going to see what we have expected to see from the Chiefs all this season, and what Chiefs fans have been? hoping for did they get right at just the right time i mean we'll see obviously but we did see Kadarius tony drop another pass and patrick Man. mahomes unhappy about it once again so 
they have got to figure out the the pass catching abilities. You have Kelsey uh, Rice has stepped up quite a bit, but uh, they just have to figure that out. Now, here's the thing with Kansas City for me is, yeah, they've probably taken a little bit of a step back this year, but they were so good the past couple years, and they were they won the Super Bowl last year. They were one of the best teams for the past three years. So even a step back for them, they're still among the best teams in the AFC and the best teams in the NFL. So uh, they're still just as scary to me, even if they have taken a small step back. And now two wins clear in the AFC West, the chiefs. uh, We will get to where I was wrong in just a moment. Thanks a lot. Fly Eagles fly looking ahead. Week 16, uh, the narratives you hear it often week to week league, right? Jonathan. So what's like the NFL overreaction exiting week 15 Starting in the NFC East, Eagles, Cowboys, like does anybody does anybody want this thing? Who's the best team in the NFC East? I mean, I don't think either one of them won it. I mean, I think the only people that probably want that, you know, one of them to win is the teams that get to play them in the playoffs. I, they're both extremely disappointing football teams based on some of the hype surrounding them. The Cowboys are always meant to be this to be their year. That's coming from someone who grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And it's like, the oh, this is the Cowboys year this year, which is also probably why I hate the Cowboys, because I enjoyed watching the misery of stupid fans. Um, <laughs> but I'm just not an Eagles guy. I, I just don't think – I love what they do offensively. I love what they've done offensively. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of kind of changing the game a little bit and, 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 and really doing some cool X's and O's stuff. And they've done that as far as the run game is concerned. But Jalen Hurts, like I said last week, and I'll say it again, he is not an elite passer. And uh, he's also not an elite facial harassed. And, and, and I think that his performance the other night was evident of that, especially without a week of preparations uh, being ill. The goatee a little outdated maybe, but he, that w- I don't feel like he's getting the same pass that Patrick Mahomes did, Patrick Mahomes did when he played with the flu and played terribly against Denver and got beat uh, 16 straight games that KC had defeated Denver. Um, he wasn't, he, he wasn't right. Um, the, they, they lose again. That's a third straight for, for Philadelphia. I think my biggest concern, Jonathan, is that what looked like a leaky defense as far as the secondary and how suspect the secondary is now they're getting gashed on the ground. Like Walker tore him up on the ground as well. And that used to be the strength of this defense. Now, if that starts to falter, they, they're not going to be able to, to stop anybody spinning it forward to their game against Giants where they're, what, 11.5-point favorites. Now that feels like a lot of points to concede to, albeit, an inferior team. Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack there, right? I think, first of all, your, your first kind of statement about the differences in the flu game between Patrick Mahomes and uh, Jalen Hurts. To me, Jalen Hurts just kind of always plays like he did. Sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. The way Patrick Mahomes played during that flu game was completely out of character for him. So I think that's kind of the difference between those two situations. Um, as far as in, in, in even an earlier you know question that you asked, who do you want moving out of here? I mean, y- you have to I, – I think that you have to think that that the Eagles are the, the necessarily the team you want out here because they have the experience they they still have had a great record despite the fact that they've been up and down throughout the year and I don't trust them and I think they're extremely more likely to get involved in the playoffs because of the three teams they play right they play the Giants twice and uh easy easy schedule yeah Arizona yeah versus Arizona while the Cowboys have to play the Dolphins who might be one of the best teams in the league 
Detroit, who might be one of the best teams in the league, and the Commanders, who blew them out last time. So uh, I think moving forward, you want the Eagles. However, I don't want either one of them in terms of, you know, who, who do I want to put my, uh, my, uh, my Christmas money on? Gee, you're handicapping this Eagles-Giants game from like a completely different perspective. Well, I think it's funny that the Giants are playing 4.30 on Christmas Day. And um, Danny DeVito, I mean, his whole thing right now is how Italian he is. He's literally just trademarked, one, Tommy Cutlets, and two, <laughs> Passing Paisano. And he's trademarked these because he plans to sell branded decals, clothing, pasta, pizza, tomato sauces, and energy drinks. And when I tell you, like... Italians holiday like Christmas is actually Christmas Eve. So like he's going to get out there after eating the feast of the seven fishes, drinking a bunch of really good white wine and play while he's thinking about maybe missing the pasta course on Christmas day. I, like, I, I don't know if I want his agent, but I want my agent to dress like his agent. I mean, like, an, like agent, I want. an agent with a fedora. Can you even, <laughs> you know, it's so good. It's 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 so good. So then also, Terrence, on Sunday, the, the Cowboys and Dolphins, where Miami uh, at home, they're a point and a half favorites. Maybe the Bills have just mapped out a blueprint into how to like bully ball the Cowboys into the way they pummeled them at home last weekend. Josh Allen only completing seven passes. Uh, what are you expecting from from the Dolphins and the Cowboys in, in a game with like so much on the line? Yeah, it's a, gr- <clears throat> it's a great game, one I'm looking forward to watching. Uh, both teams really need this win. Uh, we talked about the NFC each East matchup with the uh, Cowboys and Eagles, but also the Dolphins. They've got the Bills kind of right on their heels, and they're also on the front side of things still competing for that number one seed in the AFC. So a big game for both of these teams. Uh, when talented teams need a win, a lot of times you really see their players step up. So one of these teams, uh, both these teams I expect to play well. Obviously, only one of them can win. If Tyreek Hill plays, I do like the Dolphins. He's such a difference maker. We'll get into that here a little bit later as well. Um, And Dallas is just a different team on the road. We've talked about that in uh, two or three episodes already, uh, where we boost them up when they're at home. Uh, And by boosting them up when they're at home, I also kind of downgrade them a little bit when they're on the road. We saw that play out last week in Buffalo, uh, and I expect it to play out again down in Miami. Tyreek Hill is expected uh, to go uh, in that uh, that tilt against Dallas. Is he, expect, is he expecting or expected? Uh, I, I think I, from everything I've read, expected, and I think he's expecting. Three, three baby mamas, th- four months apart, three months apart, three baby. Like this is insane. <laughs> is that right? Uh, this is news to me. I haven't been. Oh. I, this is news to me. It dropped today, Lafay, and there, you know, three different ladies are saying that they have had three, they've had a child with Tyreek Hill, and that they've they're taking him to basically paternity court to ask for, you know, a paternity test plus then child support. But it's just a, what he's gone through with like the whole parenting thing, having the twins and the whole child abuse allegations when he was with the chiefs and being suspended for some time. And then in June, June 19th, I think it was, he slapped a Marina worker. I feel like he's a little unhinged. 
McDonald's. I, I, mean, I blame I, I blame the McDonald's, and they can like release a new like fertility portion of the menu. Well, like so, he's been hurt. He's gonna come back. All this publicity is dropping against him. Like, is he gonna have that 140 yard game? You know what I mean? I don't know. Little distracted. Lots on his mind. Lots going on for the cheetah. That's the Dolphins and Cowboys. JK, we just touched on Buffalo and what they did to Dallas in Buffalo. Uh, based on what you've seen and how they're trending, are they back in? I know they're still trying, like fighting for a playoff position. Two things. Do you put them on that short list of, of Super Bowl contenders? And B, your thoughts on their game with the Chargers, where they are heavy, heavy favorites, I think 12 and a half points on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, I, I never love that that high of a line uh, for a team that's as inconsistent as Buffalo is. Um, I'll say this. I, I don't believe they're a Super Bowl contender for, for a couple of reasons. One, you know, you can, you can do some playoff uh, scenario generators. We can kind of pick some wins and stuff. I mean, it, it looks like for all, you know, all intents and purposes, that they're going to only have one home game if they have one home game. It's very likely they'll have one home game, but they'll likely end up probably having to play on the road the next two games uh, in the AFC. I, I just don't see them going to a Miami and then going to a Kansas City or going to a Baltimore and then going to a Miami or going to a, you know, you know where I'm going with this. I, I just don't see them winning games like that. He's just too inconsistent. Great football. No, I don't want to, no, sorry, that's not the right word. He's a good football player, Josh Allen, but he's very, very inconsistent. You know what he might need to do? He might need to try to get a little baby mama drama of his own if he wants to be an elite player in this league. <laughs> but didn't, but couldn't this be a new identity, what we saw and what they did to, to Dallas? That, ty- that brand of football, that brand of football travels in, in other stadiums in the cold. Like that brand of football can be very effective in December and January. Right, and, and I'll see what Terrence, how Terrence feels about this. But for me, that's what I'm saying. They, When we're talking about their identity in week 14 and 15, then that means they don't have an identity because that identity would have been identified. Uh, no, there's no pun intended there. It Like pre, like previously. That, but that's the thing. They show up and they play that brand of football, but then they also play that knucklehead brand of football where he's turning the ball over, trying to extend plays and getting sacked, and throwing it to the team wearing the opposite color jersey. Yeah, so I, I'm not 100% sure what to make of the Bills, but this is what I've been thinking about for the past two weeks with them. They're kind of like they're kind of like when you see a horse run well in February and you decide that's your derby horse, and then you're stubborn and you won't go against it when he loses in April. So you still pick him in the derby. For the Bills, going into this year, they were everybody's pick to not be as good as they were going to be. And the Dolphins were going to take over the AFC East and the the Bills might even miss the playoffs. And then a few weeks ago, they had lost a few and everyone was writing them off and they've come back and now they've started to win some games. And I think it's important as a, as a better, a handicapper, whatever it is, I think it's important to remain flexible and realize that teams can change. They may not have an identity, but they are certainly playing better football right now. And, Just because three or four weeks ago, myself included, a lot of us thought that the Bills uh, weren't as good as we thought they could be. Now they're starting to play better football, and I've had to adjust my look of the Bills each week 
and acknowledge that they are a better football team now than they were three weeks, four weeks ago, whatever it was. I like to say I'm loyal to a fault when in actuality, it's just like absolutely being stubborn. I fall into that category that you just described as a, as a, as a believer in a team, much like I'm doing with the Philadelphia Eagles and following them and circling and circling the drain, uh, a team that you're probably loyal to a fault to Terrence with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and an arch rival on Saturday with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I believe it's going to be Mason Rudolph, who is on the short list of absolute worst quarterbacks I have ever seen play in the NFL. Yeah, we, uh, we've ended up talking about the Bengals a lot more than I really thought we would on this podcast, but uh, they've started winning some games behind Jake Browning. They've become one of the more interesting storylines in the NFL, I think. Um, I, I don't typically like to bet my favorite team uh, because I feel like you look at them with rose-colored glasses, but I will say that the Bengals statistically have played very well over the past three weeks. Uh, they rank second in yards per play. Uh, they're top 10 in third down conversion. So they've played really well. Jake Browning has played really well, surprising. Uh, they do have a couple of key injuries this week, as they've had each of the past few weeks. Obviously, Burrow. Jamar Chase today was ruled out. Uh, DJ Reader, their best run-stopping defense alignment, he's out. Taylor Britt, still out. Uh, those injuries are starting to add up for the Bengals. Uh, but I do, but the Steelers also have some uh, noticeable absences as well. I think they're missing both their starting safeties, one due to suspension, one due to injury. Um, and then you mentioned Mason Rudolph likely to start at quarterback. So uh, I, I'm still going with the Bengals. Statistically, they've played well. Browning's played well. And I'm going to ride that wave uh, at least one more week against Pittsburgh. Not sure about next week against Kansas City. It's okay. I'll say, I'll, yeah, I'll say this. Look, if, if, well, I agree. The uh, the Bengals are performing at a high level with their you know they've shown to be pretty explosive under uh, Jake Browning. They've also shown to convert their downs under Jake Browning. And there's nothing more that I want from my offense uh, than a team that executes that's explosive. You can win championships behind situations like that. Um, the other thing I'll say is that if Mason Rudolph couldn't beat out Mitch Trubisky the last couple of weeks in terms of someone who's going to to, 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 to quarterback that, that, that football team, that he must be a real dumpster fire because Mitch Trubisky is a dumpster fire. He's one of those athletes that like, if I ran into any starting quarterback in the NFL, I, you know, I'd be like, Oh my God. Hey man, how you doing? Uh, my name's Jonathan. It's nice to meet you. Oh, it's so nice to meet you. Oh my God. You're a huge fan. I'd lie to him. I would tell Mitch Trubisky the truth. I'd say, Mitch, I got to tell you, buddy, you really ain't worth a damn. Uh, and you need to you need to figure that out, sir. If that dumpster fire could like catch fire, that that's 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 Mason Rudolph. He <laughs> is he is that it's a hard. I mean, there are bad watches, and then like he's it's next to impossible to watch. As if I was a Bengals fan, I would be very excited the way that Jake Browning was playing. He kind of plays with this chip on his shoulder, with this confidence after you know they won against the Ravens in overtime last week. He came out being like, y'all cut me, like, kind of like, fuck off type <laughs> behavior. And I love that, especially like, I am a Jets fan, born and raised a little bit, a Jets fan. And like, I mean, we have Zach Wilson and like, that's really sad. Like to have Browning, Browning come out and like, be that confident of a backup quarterback is kind of amazing as a Bengals fan. That, that felt like his Kirk Cousins, you like that moment, right? Of course, of course, I do. With I wish he had that chain on like Kirk Cousins did. Uh, Jovanina, you, you said Ravens. You meant Vikings. The purple threw you off. 
No big deal. I'm here. I'm your husband. I'm here to save the day. Guys, I have a really bad cold. <laughs> that almost gets and, you off the hook, JK. That like almost that that kind of got you off the hook. She's got a bad she's got a bad cold and a two martini lunch. There you go. <laughs> Along with a decongestion. Perfect. Sunday NFL matchups. Speaking of purple teams, the Vikings, it's in Minnesota. Uh, Jonathan, the Lions getting back on track in a big way against Denver uh, last week. Can you, are we, how are we feeling about the Lions right now? Are they trustworthy as road favorites against a division, a division rival? I mean, look, I, I, you know, we said it last week a little bit. I feel the same way about them as I did before. They're a really good football team who's learning how to be good. It's, it, it, you know, and I think that's an important idea is, is, is having that kind of like winning culture and, 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 you know, you can be a good team, but not have understand that winning culture to work through the different adversities that come throughout a season. And to me, the Lions just haven't necessarily figured that fully out, but they're a damn good football team. I think they're a very interesting team to like bet to win the Super Bowl because you're going to probably get a pretty good number on them. The NFC to me is kind of weak. We talked about, you know, a projected two seed in the Eagles, who I don't think are very good. The Cowboys aren't very good. The 49ers have a midget playing quarterback. You know, I, I just I don't I don't necessarily think that the NFC is like the most dominant side uh, of the NFL. And I think that yeah, a team like the Lions could 100 percent win um, a Super Bowl. And I think you'll probably get a good number on them. But no, I don't trust them all the way. Um, what's the line? It is minus three, three. against the Vikings. I would I would take that because the Vikings are, are a dumpster fire as well. I think Jonathan just called Brock Purdy, the front runner for the MVP, Doug Flutie, moving right along. Colts in Atlanta, Falcons, point and a half favorite. Terrence, Arthur Smith could have like ended my fantasy season with what he did with B. John Robinson again last week. The fantasy league of which Jonathan was eliminated. You and I are both in the semifinals, but Arthur flipping Smith, the Falcons, how do they respond coming off of that embarrassing loss to the worst team in the NFL, Carolina, last week, 7-6? Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of the Falcons, to be honest. I mean, they're under under 500, so I don't know how you can be too big of a fan right now. They are in a bad division that they could still come out and win. But I think this week they lose to the Colts at home. The Colts are actually getting a point and a half the last I looked. Um, but I also like the under in that game. It's 44 and a half. Um, I don't see these teams scoring too many points against each other. They both are run-heavy teams. Uh, Jonathan Taylor back for the Colts this week. Uh, both teams are, though, also good against the run. Uh, Falcons have been really good on defense overall, but they are starting uh, Taylor Heineke for at, uh, at quarterback. He hasn't been good of late with 55% of his passes uh, completed in the last three games or in his three uh, starts this year. Uh, but then the Colts have had Gardner Minshew, uh, who, by the way, Chris Berman has a, a great call for Gardner Minshew, Minshew if you haven't seen it recently. It's good. It's, um, it's good. But uh, Gardner Minshew has been uh, solid at least, if not actually pretty good at quarterback for the last three weeks with six touchdowns, one interception. Um, I think it'll be a low scoring game and I'll take the Colts to win on the road. And the Colts are actually a fairly good team on the road. Uh, so I'll ride that wave and go with the Colts in the under. Chris Berman, it's like an exaggerated sneeze. Check it out if you haven't heard it. Moving quickly, picking up our pace of play. Jonathan, Sunday night, uh, Patriots in Denver. Is this right? The Broncos six and a half point favorites. Is that right? 
Uh, look, I'm a huge fan of uh, of Sean Payton, and the Broncos were on a bit of a run. You know, they've had a they've had they've actually kind of turned it around a little bit. They and, were, uh, they were, they were. But you know, I you, you don't want to be too results oriented in this league. I don't I don't think you want to look at one outcome. You want to look at the kind of the big body of work when you're trying to identify. And the Patriots' body of work has been horrible. Uh, it's been it's been horrible. They've been bad in all scenarios, even when it looks like they had a, they were going to have an edge. Um, there's been talks of one of the greatest football coaches, if not the greatest football coach of all times, being basically not retained for next year. And frankly, when you talk about body of work, you probably got to talk about Bill Belichick's body as well from that video that's been surfacing uh, with him escaping some woman's house. Shirtless. Shirtless. I'm, I'm guessing it was a woman's house. I don't know. It wasn't his home. I don't think he lives in that neighborhood on someone's ring doorbell, which is Wild ring doorbell will get you in trouble. Didn't that guy from the Celtics get fired over a ring doorbell, honey? What's happening in Boston? What's happening in the New England area? What are these guys thinking? What are they doing? Well, not only that, but did you also see it's like Deflate Gate 2.0, where the last the Patriots versus Chiefs, they um Chiefs are accusing them of deflating the footballs, and that's why like in the first quarter, the Patriots kicker missed a 39-yard field goal, and the Chiefs kicker missed a 41-yard field goal. Because the I, balls were this deflated. Is, this, is, this is why we have, isn't this why we have specialized footballs in the NFL? The kicking balls is it? Wasn't this a result of that, like very high jinx that took place years ago? I'm not really offended by the, the deflated ball thing. I got to tell you that right now. But it, it's could, you have it's, to. You're, you're, huh? you're, 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 I could see the reasons why you would defend deflated balls. I mean, that's just, <laughs> I was going to say, Belichick feels the same way. <laughs> Perfect segue to Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone, where the NFL and the football slate has become just as big a part of the tradition as anything else. And it starts early, this arch rival in the AFC West, Raiders Chiefs, Jonathan. Uh, is it 10 points? Too much? What do you think? Look, if Patrick Mahomes is under center or behind the center, one of the two, I, I, you know, I'm always going to kind of, think that whatever whatever if the public thinks that they're 10 points better than the Raiders and that's where Vegas and the public settle on I always kind of think the Chiefs can find a way to go get it I think it's a little bit dangerous of a way to look about at it I don't always play those situations but I never play against them I, I cannot tell you the last time I have bet against the Chiefs I'm either playing that on them or I am going to fade the game altogether uh, I don't have a problem with it. I think at this time of the year, uh, with Andy Reid being one of the greatest coaches and, and 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 Patrick Mahomes being one of the greatest quarterbacks, I think they learn who they are by this time of the year, and things start clicking just a little bit better for them. I, I am a, a Raider fan, yes, so perhaps not as objective as I should be. I, I think they keep the game closer than most think. Uh, we've already covered Giants-Eagles. Uh, Christmas night. In, in Jonathan, what, what could be a Super Bowl preview, the Ravens in San Francisco to take on the 49ers and the quarterback, you just called a midget, the front runner in the MVP race. Yeah, I feel bad about that. I think I was supposed to say little person, but, you know, whatever. Um, I'm sorry about that. Um, I, I And I genuinely, if I feel someone, I'm sorry about that. I, I look, I'm a, I'm a, I just, I'm not a Brock Purdy guy. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think that he, um excels in the system uh he's got really good players around him christian mccaffrey being 
being uh, the highlight there and Debo and, and, and George Kittle. And I think Kyle Shanahan, Hook'em Horns is an outstanding play caller. Um, but I just, I'm not a big believer in them to be able to get themselves out of binds. One of those games where you know how teams jump up 14 to zero with an interception return or a fumble return or a kickoff return. I, I'm just not of the belief that the 49ers will get themselves out of that jam. Um, you know, remember, I think that the, the I want to say like the Chiefs were playing the Texans a couple years back when they won the Super Bowl and they got down like 14 or 21 and the Chiefs came roaring back. Uh, to me, the 49ers aren't that football team. And um, I think the Ravens do a great job. I, I like the Ravens quite a bit. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Ravens in this one. We have seen, though, Terrence, the 49ers, when some when they win, they don't just win. They 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 can really pile it up and run up the score. Yeah, sorry, I was uh, still googling Bill Belichick ring doorbell video. Uh, yeah, they. So when this game, when I started looking at this week's schedule, my first thought was uh, I was right along with Jonathan there. I do like the Ravens. Um, I've seen too much of them over the past few years as a Bengals fan. They're they're fantastic. They draft well. They coach well. Their defense is amazing. It's, in my opinion, the best defense in the NFL. But when I started looking at the stats a little bit more on the 49ers, a team that I don't follow as closely, uh, they have won 11 games this season and they've won them impressively, 10 of them by double digits uh, and the other one being by seven points against the Rams. Uh, so they're winning these games convincingly and a lot of them are against quality teams that you'll probably see in the NFL playoffs. Um, and they're also averaging 8.3 yards per game. Obviously, the, the Ravens defense will have something to say about that, but I do want to put my chips on the side of the 49ers for this week. Also being at home on Monday night, uh, just kind of uh, one of those games where I'm excited to watch it. I think I would lean toward the 49ers, though, in this matchup. Unstoppable force, immovable object. You'll probably hear that or something akin to it. 4,200 times between now and kickoff uh, Christmas night in San Francisco. Potential Super Bowl preview, 49ers and the Ravens. Uh, with that MVP topic, G, and, and, and Brock Purdy out there silencing his critics, trying to prove to everyone he's more than just a system quarterback. What do you think? Well, I think it's wild that Brock Purdy makes $870,000 as the NFL MVP favorite a, a year. And uh, Arch Manning makes uh, has made 2.8 million as the Texas backup quarterback. Don't get me wrong, I'm a hook'em horns girl, but I, is, is that not insane to anyone else? <laughs> that is really, that is, that is good. Shocking. Mind shocking. And the funny thing about it is, is I have not donated to the University of Texas. So it has, it's not my money that he's, that Arch is spending. How much did you say? 2.8. Unreal. But you also Curry. haven't gotten me a birth, uh, Christmas present. So <laughs> we didn't expect you to donate to Texas. He's going to wow. deliver J Jalen Hurts with a big bow. Wow. This is getting wild. This is getting we wild. Said, we said it at the, at the top of the show. Um, how are we feeling, guys, about this? These last few weeks, it's going to be significant. It always has to be seemingly a, a quarterback, right, on a winning team, Terrence. But may, maybe this is the one year you could make a strong case for perhaps a player dominating at another position. 
Yeah, and I think uh, uh, Jonathan uh, will pick up after this, but I think we both believe that this could be a year where a quarterback doesn't win it. Uh, a quarterback's won, I think, the last 10, 9 or 10. Um, and before that, we did see some running backs, but running backs have been downgraded, uh, I guess, overall, whether it's on the pay scale or contracts in the NFL. Um, I look at that 49ers offense, and I think Christian McCaffrey's the piece that they can't lose as they go into the playoffs. So to me, that makes him the MVP. Uh, statistically, I think he had 19, 20 touchdowns already so far this season. It's uh, 20. 20. He does everything out of the backfield, uh, leading the NFL in rushing. Uh, also a great receiver out of the backfield. They 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 split him out wide quite often. Um, you know, I, I, I am a bit more of a fan of Brock Purdy than it sounds like Jonathan is. Uh, but I would still make Christian McCaffrey the N- NFL MVP right now. But that being said, there is still time for a quarterback to make a statement in these last few games, uh, as well as the player that I know Jonathan likes. Yeah, you look, I, 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 um, well, I'm not the only one who likes him, apparently. But I think Tyreek Hill yeah. is someone that if he can find a way in the next three weeks to average 141 yards receiving per game, and he's done that. He's played 12 and a half games this season, right? If we want to count the game against the Tennessee Titans, where he only played half the game. Six of those 12 and a half games, he's had over 141 yards. So it's not it's not impossible, especially if they're trying to accomplish it. But if he can get to that 141 uh, per game, then he will set the record for the most receiving yards in the NFL's history uh, in, in a regular season. And I think that that's the kind of accolade that – that they'll give you a lot of credit for and they will vote you to be the MVP, especially on a team like the Dolphins who could potentially still be the one seed. I think they want to get away from the quarterback thing. I don't think they want to always make it that. And I think that Tyreek breaking that record could give them a reason to do so. Busy man, lots and lots on his plate, Tyreek Hill. Do you think it's more impressive of him creating his own offense by reproducing or the amount of yards he gets in a game? He does have his own – he almost does have his own – football team now right is he pretty is he close to 11 well you need i mean they got to play both ways and special teams you probably need more than 11 but it's you could you could fake it with 11 just go three wide he's he's, just go three wide like they're set in that regard Uh, i think he probably needs to stop going three wide (laughs) i i I will say this i will jump in and say this if you look at if you are betting nfl future mvp award winner and you do like Lamar Jackson, I would bet him now because if the Ravens beat the 49ers on Monday night and he has a good game, you're not getting plus 500. You're probably getting minus 200 where Brock Purdy is now. So if you like Lamar, bet it now. Final stretch drive, final few weeks of the NFL season. Um, I'm guessing the NBA isn't thrilled with all of this uh, NFL action that's taken place on uh, Christmas and over the next couple of days, so much attention towards the NFL. Have you, are you, are you following closely yet, Jonathan, to the, to the NBA and, and on Christmas where there's always a, a, a you know, a full slate. Is there anything that jumps out at you there? You know, when it comes to the NBA on Christmas day, um, you know, if it, if, you know, Christmas falls on a Wednesday, they typically don't play football. Um, it just ho- so happens when Christmas falls around the weekends that they will play Christmas Day games. So I pay a lot of attention when I'm just sitting around at the house uh, and there's not NFL. Um, I will say this, that what I've typically done when it comes to, to the NBA is I will find a few of the games that I like and I'll tease them 
or play money line parlays with the home teams. Home teams do extremely well during Thanksgiving. I think uh, in the history of Thanksgiving, or excuse me, Christmas, in the, in the history of Christmas games, they're uh, 142 and 75, the home team is. So I think if you can kind of, you know, pick and choose and identify some home games, you know, the Suns, you get a little KD action, a little Devin Booker action. Uh, you know, LeBron shows up uh, on those big stages, on those big days. Uh, the defending champions, the Nuggets at home against the Warriors, who who uh, probably need to join the UFC at this point rather than playing basketball. You know, I think those are some, some, uh, some of the moves that you can make when it comes to uh, the NBA. Just in a quick whip around here, do, do, do you find it, guys, that Jonathan will start with you? Is it difficult to balance a typical Christmas day and time spent with family and the fact that you always kind of have one eye or both eyeballs on the television based on what sport you might be following that afternoon? I mean, the TV's going to be on. It's easier than Thanksgiving, right? I don't have to battle against the dog show or, uh, <laughs> or, or the Thanksgiving Day parade. Christmas typically you know, you get you get some nice gifts in the morning, so you've got some good some good graces, and then you can uh, you can look out of the corner of your eye and watch the sports. Gee, TV's always on. Some sport is always playing, but if there is basketball at the Salivo home, basketball is going to be on over football. Sorry, Jonathan, but you know you also just talked about presents in the well. We all know. <laughs> Terrence, you've got the kids. I saw you, your daughter was giving you a, a manicure the other day. I mean, this is with the little ones. This is this is a high wire act for you, my friend. Yeah, I mean, luckily, I come from a family and also married into a family, uh, both of which that enjoy watching sports even around the holidays. So uh, the TV's on. We might mute it while we're opening up presents. But other than that, it's still on. Uh, I do prefer the uh, the football games over the basketball games. Uh, the kids do get uh, plenty of of uh of christmas tv watching time my daughter loves the um elf movie as well as the grinch but she'll only watch the cartoon grinch she doesn't like the uh jim carrey grinch she calls him the mean grinch the cartoon one's the nice grinch <laughs> doesn't like the, at some point she's gonna have to graduate to the jim carrey yeah the jim carrey grinch yeah i'm a, like for it's it's die hard which is a christmas movie trading places which is a christmas movie all right underrated just friends and the night before both of them and, and Jonathan, like I'm a, this isn't going to surprise you whatsoever. Like I, I will watch bad Santa three to four times every Christmas season. That sounds about right. I, I can see you laughing hysterically at, yeah. uh, at bad Santa. I, I'm an elf guy or home alone. Um, I, I, uh, I like home alone quite a bit. Um, and then what, what, what about you, honey? What are your, what are your go-to's? Home Alone lost in New York. I mean, we tried to go to the plaza the other night for drinks and they were like, sorry, <laughs> hotel guests only, which I think is wild. But I also love a Muppet Christmas Carol. It just brings me back to such a good childhood, warm, fuzzy feeling. We we tried to tell the, the, the security guard at the Plaza Hotel that we were guests. We're visiting a guest and his name was Kevin McAllister, but it didn't work. <laughs> you gotta you gotta drop you gotta drop your voice, like put some real bass in your voice to pull that off. <laughs> College basketball, JK, G, courtside, how was it? It was fantastic. It was one of the, I've seen, I mean, we were talking with my parents yesterday. I've probably seen a Duke game at Madison Square Garden for 20 years now. And last night, the energy at MSG was something I can't even explain. 
Um, obviously Duke won and they also covered and they played very well without our starting point guard, Tyrese Proctor. So I thought that was absolutely amazing. Um, it was uh, fantastic. We had uh, four seats, four throw, so we could basically touch the players, which was pretty cool. Jonathan, did you enjoy your time? Yeah, I had a great time. Like it was uh, every time there was a Baylor thing going on, I put up the Hook'em horns just to remind them that that they're from Waco and we're from Austin. Um, and and so that was a lot of fun for me as a Texas guy. But no, Duke played well last night, and it was it was popping in there. Uh, my brother is actually in New York City right now too. He's he's um, for those who follow the podcast, know my brother's a, a musician who who plays you know shows and things like that, and he's got a show in town this week, and so he was gonna. Uh, bring his girlfriend to the to MSG. She's from the UK and he was going to bring her to MSG to go to a Knicks game, but it wasn't there. And I kept telling him, I was like, Mark, this is going to be hype in here. And he didn't listen to me. And it was hype. Like it was loud and it was full. And it was, uh, it was a very, very, very fun basketball game. And, and, and Duke uh, pulled it out against the top 10 team. And there's nothing better. We literally call MSG Cameron North. And there was nothing better with 30 seconds left in the game. And you're just chanting our house. Cause like, you know, you're going to win. It was just, I mean, my parents were like little kids on Christmas day. It was so cute. JK, did you get the, uh, isn't there like a cheese steak or something you got to get? Did, did you get that? You mentioned it last week. Well, yeah. So there is a, uh, a, uh, a prime rib sandwich and no, I didn't get it because we had a reservation at Smith in Walensky's after the, after the game, but Jovanina, you could tell by her voice wasn't feeling well. And so I was saving myself for Smith and Walensky's and you guys know what happened. She punted on me. So I ended up eating a grilled cheese sandwich and sour patch kids in the hotel room. That is a, that is a, that's a punt. That is Smith and Smith and woes. That, that is a punt. JK, your, your brother, who would have thought like, you're not the coolest kinchin. Like I'm not the coolest Lafitte. You're you're not the coolest Kinchin. Who would have thought? That's I figured why. that out very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Pleasure as always. Merry Christmas to everyone and our listeners. Happy holidays. All that good stuff. Thanks so much for joining us on the Side Bet Podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>